Hello Madrid, this is welcome back to another episode of Let's Be Real podcast. You know the drill. If you're new here, don't forget to smash the like and subscribe to the channel. We are on the road to 2K. On that note, um, big up my esteemed panel, Mo, Jacob and Javier. Before I get to them, I would like to shout out our partners, Manscaped. Um, if you guys, you know, been living under a rock, probably would have, you know, missed up this cool partnership we have been going uh for, for the past uh i think two and a half weeks to three weeks so yeah the link is in the pinned comment i hope there is a pinned comment there is no pinned comment but jacob uh, i hope you get to it quickly um and the link should be in the description below as well uh let me just double check uh yes it is the code is lbr20 i repeat lbr20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping with uh, yeah a whole catalog of amazing manscaped products obviously you know they are the pioneers in below the waist grooming but they have everything from you know uh, their brand new product called the beard hedger which is a state-of-the-art trimmer for men um they have launchware they have beard waxes deodorants you know you name it they have almost pretty much everything you can you can you, you can look for you know especially when it comes to men's grooming um, in the catalog and uh, again i would like to you know uh, reiterate that when you take a, a brief overview overview of the catalog it might you know seem a tad steeply priced but i guarantee you there is stuff under 50 i mean 50 euros 50 dollars um so yeah man like uh yeah if you show us some love manscape will show us some love as well so yeah valentine's day is around the corner it's a perfect excuse to, yeah get your loved one some something man and uh yeah don't forget to use the code and if you do make a purchase do send us the receipt so that you know we can show them that um you guys you know came through us but yeah uh getting into the business right um Aved leipzig wasn't gonna be easy you know when the draw came out we all knew uh our uh, reservations especially you know like the casual would have looked at that uh matchup and, and thought yeah like Leipzig really wouldn't hold a candle to, you know, what we could, you know, bring to the table. But um, people who, you know, are well-versed in how the Champions League works and how Leipzig really play, especially our fans as well, you know, who, who has experience from last year's exploits uh, that they, that they you know, showcased um, when we went away uh, to Germany as well. We saw a lot of that and more. Um, to be honest, tonight and uh, the way Leipzig basically, in my opinion, you know, tore us apart in transition time and time again. I wasn't a fan. Yes, we have a makeshift backline. Um, our midfield, you know, tried to cope with it. Our press was off sometimes, you know, the, the, the lack of intensity, especially in the first half, whether it is something down um, from, from, from the coaching staff to, you know, maybe... Uh, basically approach it a bit more passively and then up the ante in the second half. I, I'm not sure. But watching that unfold wasn't wasn't you know wasn't easy to sit through. Uh, credit to Leipzig, they gave it their all. Um we had some stellar performances that kind of kept us in the game, I'll be honest. Um you could argue whether they were you know high percentage chances or not, but um uh, in my opinion Leipzig should have you know gone away with at least two goals uh, on, on the scoreboard. But yeah man, I'll get to you more. First, uh, talk to us. What, what is your initial feelings? And um, first leg done, one nil away, uh, victory. 
I, I think this should uh, set us up nicely for the return leg. I definitely agree with you over there. I think 1-0 going back to the Bernabeu with the lead is like the optimal situation. Could mm -hmm. we have had 2-0, 3-0? I think there were a couple of chances in the second half that definitely favored us. But then yeah. when you look, think back and wonder, you know, how the first half went, you kind of have to be happy and not get too greedy, you know. So so for me, overall, I'm I'm pretty satisfied. Uh, yeah, satisfied is probably the word I'll use. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm kind of happy about it. You know, 1-0, back to the Bernabeu. Hopefully, Rudiger and Bellingham will be back by then. Yeah. yeah, so you know it sets up nicely for the second leg. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Have you a, a bit of a break? I, I know you've been busy, you know. Uh, but I'm gonna pick up yourself and uh, talk to us, bro. Um, camp is always special, right? And uh, yeah, in my opinion, you know, like I know what standards you hold, you know, our, our team to. Um, wouldn't you? Would you consider basically yourself a bit disappointed with how you know we went about, especially the first half? Um, no, like most say, I, I think Real Madrid thought at this game as once again two two games, one one eighty minutes. So the first half is just you know like for Real Madrid is just okay one quarter. Mm. We don't have to win this. Uh, at the first quarter of the, you know, this this matchup. So that being said, yeah, uh, if you consider just this single game as, as you know, as a single game was boring, you know, disappointing. I don't think so. Boring for sure, but the result is there. You know, like Carleto is gonna be happy. Everyone is gonna be happy or content or whatever because we didn't concede. Team works. You know, and you know they do it. No, you know, no one. It's outstanding today. Maybe a few glimpses of Brian here and there, or Fede special as always. But no one, no one uh, tried to win this uh, knockout today. You know, mm. so in the, that it was game so, management. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's only like that. You know, like mm. one game. At the Bernabeu is going to be enough, probably. So they thought that as well. Hundred percent. Big up Milan. Uh, he was mentioning Javier is also using Manscaped. I see. Yeah, <laughs> probably. You know, you better Javier. But um, Jacob, talk to us, man. Um, what has been your, your takeaways? You know, brief takeaways initially uh, from from the one nil away victory in Leipzig. Yeah, uh, super professional performance. Uh, I know like a lot of people didn't like what they saw in the first half. Uh, it was very yeah. nervy. Uh, for me, it was like uh, yeah. we did what we could with the players that we had, with the system that we had. But, uh, uh, you know, Mo was also saying in the chat, like maybe we could have optimized a bit by moving Rahim out wide and moving Rodrigo towards mm. the center, which worked out uh, mm. way better in the second half for us. So, yeah, just uh, minor things. And I'm, I was pretty sure in the second half we would actually go in for the kill. And that's what's happened. And uh, yeah, super happy with the professional performance. And uh, uh, we didn't have any brain farts towards the end of the game. So yeah, overall, super happy. Well, um, yeah, like for me, I would say, um, considering Leipzig, especially like I've I've seen a bit of them, right? Like I'm not gonna say that I watched them week in week out, right? But um, they play some good brand of football, right? They play proactive um pretty um intense stuff but um since the turn of the year especially post christmas you know they 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 were winless in like five 
been less than four or something. They just won, I think, against uh, Berlin or something. Uh, Union Berlin. But um, coming into this game, the way they basically started and the way we kind of switched off is, is very peculiar. Like, I see that, you know, quite often from us this season. Um, talking about the goal, Mo, uh, we had quite a discussion in the group chat as well. And, you know, people all over social media were going loco saying that, you know, <laughs> you know we, we are basically getting a favor. But um, I knew for a fact that if they ruled it out, it should have been somewhere, you know, uh, it has to do some something with, you know, the, the, the obstruction on Lunin. Did you think that was fair? And could you make sense with that immediately after you know the, the decision was given and the replay was shown? I would be lying if I said that uh, immediately after the decision was given, I, I kind of knew it was because of interference. Because for me, the first thing was like, it was Lunin also ahead of Rodrigo because of which, you know, these guys got ruled offside. But then yeah. I, I saw a couple of images going around on social media about the fact that I think it was Benjamin Hendricks who kind of like mm. was behind Lunin kind of like interfering with him. So yeah. I, I kind of understand where everybody who's criticizing the decision comes from. Because, you know, you're wondering if his interference had a big enough impact, you know, which held Lunin from going back into position and, you know, saving the goal or whatever that was. But overall, I think the thing is, like, when the pass was made, he was kind of behind Lunin and he kind of, I think he kind of pushed him or something. So I, I totally understand after the fact that why this scene was given. Uh, if it was against Real Madrid, you know, if it was a goal that we had scored and uh, it was given against us, I was pretty, I would be pretty angry. And if it was a decision that I had favored Barcelona, I would pretty be pretty angry as well. So <laughs> I kind of understand where the haters are coming from. But you know, as a Real Madrid fan, I'm pretty happy about the fact that you have uh, like the referee got this one right overall. I mean, the VAR referee, I guess. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I would, I would ask you again, Mo, were you impressed by Sesco? overall he just, just yeah seemed like a force of nature yeah man i think we actually kind of talked about him at a length in the pre-match mm. thing we did yesterday with jacob and you know the the leipzig guy justin so justin. I, I was kind of looking forward to him and uh, i would say that i had more hope of obenda being a trouble but yeah. uh, shesko kind of like proved himself today and uh, we knew what kind of a player he is he was good in the air, so he gave us trouble in the air, and he we knew that he was going to participate in the build up, and we saw him participate in the build up, and his ability to run was kind of visible. So for me, overall, he was one of the better Leipzig players. Probably, if I look at it from a Real Madrid context, you know, because given the fact that we don't actually have a uh, starting caliber center forward, you know, we have Hoselu, but you know, we always think of him as a backup. But Chesco is somebody who could probably grow into the role. So for me, I was kind of like keenly observing him because Real Madrid, he's one player Real Madrid have followed over the years, so. For me, uh, as you said, like incredibly impressive game. How much would he fetch in in the current climate? I don't know. It's like uh, it's difficult to say that, right? Uh, because I I think uh, Leipzig got him from like 20, 25 million or something. I'm not exactly sure. So, so you reckon it would be north of seventy million? Man, it's, if someone like Manu hundred million. It only depends on what kind of an agreement he has with Leipzig because you know Leipzig have like always sold their players at reasonable sums. They just tend to yeah. have agreements and stuff. So, yeah, let's see. And right now, I think the thing is like this is Justin was talking about this yesterday as well. It's like the first uh, run of games that he has had the starting starter spot because pre before the winter break, I don't think he was starting on a regular basis. So mm. it, it's still, I think, it's still kind of early to, for him to think of a move to a bigger league, especially Real Madrid. So for me, yeah, you know, let's give let's give him some time and see what kind of performances he pulls out. Uh, 
Yeah, a few of the uh, Leipzig players, you know, really, you know, really kind of surprised me. Especially, uh, we all know how good is Xavi Simmons. But uh, yeah, some of some of some of the some of the defensive uh, performances, especially from Schlager, from Klosterman, um, was was pretty pretty neat, man. Like whether it be us, you know, whether it was a case of us being a bit uh, a bit, you know, blunt in attack. Um, which aided their causes but yeah i was i was pretty you know surprised by some of those performances not gonna lie they, they were super composed apart from you know the obvious uh, for, that, for that, me that, i i kind of like to highlight simakan as well because you know 100 uh, huge we, prospect we knew going to the game and we were talking about this yesterday like simakan mm. probably plays right back against venetius you know and i think he yeah. did a good job the araho for, the araho treatment yeah basically yeah and I, he did it he did it last season as well uh the two mm. games the Leipzig played against uh, this season as well i think uh, I was kind of surprised because I was wondering if, uh, you know, when the lineups came out, I thought that probably they're going to go back with a back three. Yeah. Uh, with and uh, Klosterman and uh, Orban, but uh, they went with a back four and uh, Hendricks played in the midfield. And I kind of mm. think that helped them out because, you know, Hendricks kind of like had the ability to drift wide and put in crosses and everything, provide some width. But their ability, the, you know, the, the first line that they were uh, making it difficult for us to get the ball out of the back. Uh, I get that was impressive as well, and I, I guess you know playing with two midfielders and having players like Xavi Simmons and Danny Olmo kind of like when you know pressuring us and the style they play with the intensity they brought we kind of struggled with that in the first half especially, but overall you know we got the goal in the end so uh, as a remember fan. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'll come to you, Jacob. You know, you you basically put out the poll. Um, I, I I I would I would say it was a bit too early to take it off, but still, you know, fair enough. We we just see with even with just five votes, um, you know how much it it favors the the um the the strategy to you know basically you know move forward without Nacho. Um, he had some sort of a resurgence in the second half, I would say. You know, because it's his. Initiative. It says, I think, um, high press that basically, uh, you know, sets us away uh, for Brahim's goal. Um, he actually, I think, gained some some momentum after that. But especially in the first half, some of his clearances, some of his decision making on the ball. Um, Jacob, is it something that you know what we have been worrying for for weeks now coming to coming to reality? Yeah, uh, so we talked about this uh, before as well. So Mo was telling me uh, maybe uh, he heard some reports that Nacho was playing with pain. Yeah, he was playing injury. through an injury. Injury mm. and pain. So maybe that affects his performance. And I honestly felt a bit bad for the poll results. So that's why I took it down so early. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to push the agenda against the captain too much. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the first half especially, uh, Sesco uh, personally was uh, trying to target Nacho and running in behind yeah. him instead of Chaumini. Yeah. Because he know he, is, he can beat him for pace and for strength and, you know, just had the beating on him. And in the second half, uh, Sesco wasn't able to do the, too much of that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the whole team giving more cover to Nacho. Uh, but yeah, uh, the first half was not encouraging to see at all. and uh, Not what we want to see in a UCL game. Hundred percent. I think it was a, it was a combination of uh, everybody just just being, you know, super uh, slack. You know, especially in 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 tracking back after after you know attack breaks down or even even in transition. Like the amount of times that even I saw Cho many basically you know, trying to you know scamper back was was Man, was like, for was, me it was, was Mendy. Like uh, yeah. I saw M Mendy so many times just jogging back. <laughs> no hope mm. of getting back. Uh, mm. 
I think but something. Yeah. I, I think just a point to make here is the fact that uh, Leipzig are a pretty good team in transition and intensity transitions are kind of like their two hallmarks. Yeah. So for me personally, uh, I I would give some credit to them as well. But I think the thing is like, yeah, we could definitely talk about transitions. But in the first half, I felt like we failed to get out of out of our own half. You know, so transitions were like secondary. The our inability to you know get the ball out, like you said, Nacho kind of had like misplaced passes. Carvajal had misplaced passes. Even Tony Cruz had misplaced passes. You know, when even Tony Cruz is like missing passes, then uh, what can you do? Not gonna lie, yeah, you have a point. Leipzig were you know super direct. That's uh, you know that's their biggest mo. Um, but yeah, I'll come to you, Javier. Sure, maybe as a centre back, let's give him his flowers. You know he has been doing this for for for, for a bit now, right? Like it's still early to basically you know make him our makeshift centre back mainstay. You know to kind of navigate this 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 period. We are gonna do it regardless because we don't really have an option. But uh, are you surprised by his performances? Surprised? No, because I I, I know the talent that Shamini had. For me, like basically what Jacob most said, I, I I think the best defender today was Shamini, and that worries me a little because mm. he was the only one that wasn't a defender. So it's been like <laughs> month and a half since Alaba yeah. was injured. And he played basically with a different combinations of partners every single game, yeah. even yeah. goalkeepers. So asking a player to play uh, as a centre-back with three different or four different players each game to understand, to not like Mo say, okay, Nacho is injured today. Okay, I have to cover for him. Uh, a lot of coverage that... Uh, Mendy was absent, you know. Uh, Carvajal was out. Tony Cross is not gonna support as much as we want. Camavinga, uh, yeah. Fede try to, you know. I I, I think even uh, I, I saw a few uh, uh, plays that Schwemini was even mad at some, uh, you know, partner. You know, like where are you guys? I'm doing all by myself. You know, like a bas bicycle kick in the second half, he he goes after. I, I mean, I like that sentiment in a player. You know, it's it shows leadership. I don't, I don't think it's gonna last. Chamini as a center back is not Camavinga as a left back. But <laughs> this, that's a good, that's a good. In these times, in these times is is what we have, and surprisingly enough, is the best center back at this moment. You know. I mean, it's only Nacho and him, Nacho Singer, but, you know, having your fifth centre-back option as your best in a Champions League game against uh, a side that, uh, here the transmission was saying that uh, Leipzig has scored in the past 20 games in, yeah. in, in Leipzig. And in the past, I don't know, 12, 13 games at, in Champions League at home. So... It's impressive that what I mean for me was I don't know who won the MVP probably uh, Brian but if not I will give it to Lunin or Swamini. Hundred percent. Um, I would I would also point out the fact that uh, some of his decision making when it comes to you know last ditch interceptions you know clearances his um, his spatial awareness you know like like we have been discussing these past couple of weeks where you know Mo rightly pointed out that there is a stark 
difference in you know how he has kind of adapted to this this newfound pressure the newfound um you know spot spot in the starting 11 and basically yeah take uh yeah, take initiative you know be 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 the be be the guy who basically you know dishes out responsibility as well like the amount of times that i see like what have you rightfully pointed out um cho many being extremely vocal uh whether it be with his backline with his with his you know uh defensive pivots it's 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 really encouraging to see that that a young guy is basically you know stepping up and and being a ranker man in all sorts of um positions you know even 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 his long balls are you know like i'm i'm a fan not going to lie he he has an eye for you know pretty lethal diagonal as well so yeah sure many i'm not going to lie like what have you said you know probably after lunin my man of the match um he was he was exceptional if anybody else wants to chip in i'll come to you more yeah, um, some so many hype and I, I, I like you know i i think you guys have done uh, justice to chormani so i kind of like wanted to talk about nacho instead uh, i don't know if you guys noticed but in the second half his performance is kind of like went uh, up like, a, like I, i think jacob referenced it i'm not sure if it, it was javier or jacob but yeah one of you guys referenced it i think yeah oh you yeah, sorry so i i i felt like you know uh, initially the trust between nacho and chormani wasn't there and mm-hmm. it so like nacho was kind of like trying to stay back and defend on the back foot and yeah. we talked about this before you know you and i and we said that you know uh, nacho is somebody who does like to defend on the front foot uh, go out and be aggressive i think the second half he kind of started being more aggressive and trusting chuamini more to be the last defender and before yeah. that he wasn't there and we kind of also like, reversed in the first half yeah yeah so so for me i think that that kind of like shifted in favor of nacho when players like rudiger and everybody isn't there nacho is kind of like you know he kind of gets the pressure of being the the main defender you know somebody who's trying to clean up everybody's uh, mistakes and everything but in the second half i think he started trusting germany more and started defending on the front foot things that nacho is good at uh, consequently as a result of that i think there was sometimes where in transitions we kind of got caught out because of the space that developed when nacho is stepping out but i think overall nacho kind of improved doing that and i think if we if he keeps doing that especially in la liga i think it's going to be good for him but yeah i mean overall i kind of do get some people's reservations about nacho because i think this season especially recently he hasn't been that great but yeah if he keeps defending the front foot i kind of expect his performances to improve 100% i have a question for all of you uh, if in march 6 um nacho rudiger and shamini are available would you rather play with shamini and rudiger or nacho rudiger he's playing through an injury you know we would everyone, everyone is rested everyone is fine all three yeah i'm going with rudiger and nacho i'm not going with shamini center back same i feel like uh difficult experience guys like you can get away with things like this but then uh, when you go against a very well drilled team who know how to pick apart a defense we might run into issues if we put chamini in there mm. and to add to what jacob said you know i definitely agree with what he said i also feel like having chamini play the defensive midfield role kind of you know protects uh, the backline you kind of get two players with rudiger and chamini uh, handling out aerially and then you have chamini you know protecting the backline and uh, the thing is like i kind of feel like kamavinga when he plays in that role uh, recently he's been playing he kind of has difficulty getting the ball out 
because that pass making in tight situations around the box, like I think he he he's shown to it to be his weakness. If you guys remember, even the previous seasons, you know, in the classic, he kind of had a tendency to lose the ball there. So for me, that is one thing I think Kamavinga can improve and having uh, Chuamani and Cruz play that role. You know, the uh, the the deepest two uh, in the Real Madrid formation of four two two two. You know, the, uh, triple twos. I kind of think uh, Chuamani and Cruz kind of do, do the job well, and having Kamavinga probably play in the midfield ahead of them alongside Fede is probably a good thing. Although I'm not sure if Kamavinga will play in that situation, probably. Yeah, Kamavinga, Kamavinga will be relegated to the bench. Yeah. No, man, but um, Mendy yeah, is gone. Mendy is gone. Mendy shouldn't be gone. I'll I'll reiterate this again. All these, uh, you know, um, Pep maestros would be in for a rude awakening when Mendy, you know, starts every fucking Champions League match and we win it. So watch the space. Um, let me read a few of the comments quickly before we move on. Um, there's been quite a few. Um, Right, let me start with, uh, start with the very first one. Milan was mentioning, I know there will be... What the fuck? It just keeps scrolling. It just keeps scrolling again. Um, let me read it. Milan, uh, Milan says, I know there will be disappointments, but this is a great win. Lunin played great. Chouamini played great. Everyone else, good except Nacho. Rodrigo and Carvajal all had uh, bad performances. Carvajal had to deal with Xavi Simmons. Uh, and it ain't easy. You know, I'll I'll tell you that he I I I think he you know held up himself pretty well. You can't always have an eight out of ten. You know, we gotta give him some leeway. Um, but yeah, Jacob, I would prefer you reading it. You know, because this thing is moving mad. Um, okay, unfortunately, uh, Milan also says uh, the fact that we played Kepa as Car- is Carlos' only mistake this season. And Farouk, you remain the goat. First Kamavinga, then Jude, then Lunin. Give him the jinx the or <laughs> yes, he has a point, you know. He has a point. Yeah, D- Danielson Manuel is also here. He says, Big up guys, uh Hala Madrid and Tiendo. Um Nina, Nina. Read, read out her comment. Uh, she was asking when is the next match? It's next Sunday. Um second, Sunday midday kickoff. Sevilla? Uh or Rayo. Away at the Rayo, 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 Rayo. All right. Uh, the next is uh, you want to go through some of the post-match comments or just the comments? Um, yeah, let's go through some of the post-match uh, comments as well. If you, if you want to, Germany was saying playing center back for France. No, careful, please. I think the coach is watching. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> right. Um, Henri was saying apparently that the allowed goal was the correct decision. I first thought it was a goal, but on the replay, you can see it does not as a player. You're told if you're offside, don't get involved. That's a fair point. Um, Ancelotti rightfully began up Lonin. This has been Lonin's best game since I know him. Thankfully, you know they they have come to the decision to you know basically stick with him. I guess it's it's it's, it's time to talk about Lonin as well. I guess you know nicely way, Jacob. Take it away, man. Lonin has been putting up some some incredible performances as of late. You know, um, very steady. Has I think found. Um, a space in which the teammates kind of fully trust him, which wasn't the case before, you know? Like, if you if you rewind it a couple of months back, there were people just being a little wary, you know, whether it be Kepa or Lunin behind them. But I think Lunin has completely embraced, um, you know, the pressure and is living up to it. The, the, so some, of his, some of his saves, man, like, really needs um, some, some, some scrutiny. Like, how do you manage to pull 
you know, especially the one you mentioned in the chat, the Sesco save towards the end. Um, uh, who else? Like, I, I can't remember because there was there was nine or ten or something, right? Like, uh, I read some stats as well that more nine saves uh, that more put it in the chat. You know, uh, first keeper since Thibaut and Cassis. You know, to make eight plus saves in the Champions League knockouts, that is esteemed company. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, like, yeah, there were the spectacular saves, but uh, what stood out for me was uh, how much it, uh, defense trusted him. Like, every single uh, uh, save that you expect him to save, he yeah. met, met with it very sta stably and, you know, with confidence, and that gave the team a lot of confidence. Uh, he also met all of, all of the crosses, and do you remember, like, uh, he actually came out uh, to, to outside, outside of the box to uh, deny Sesco with that chance. That was Sweeping, yeah. yes. That was Good such, a, such a such a crucial moment in the match, and he did that so well. So yeah, in, uh, one thing is his spectacular saves; other thing is just his overall performance and you know, a stable head. Hundred uh, percent. If someone else wants to chip in more, don't. I mean, I think you have to give credit to Faru. You know, Faru used to always say this one thing. He said, "I speak one and stick with that." So uh, I, I think Ancelotti finally, you know, decided to listen to Farouk because, you know, he decided to give in to the greatness of Farouk and say, finally, yeah, I'm going to listen to him and do what he says. So I, I think it, it has kind of helped the team because, you know, consistency in the back line is needed. Me and Jacob, we were talking about this yesterday. So Lunin, uh, and the thing is like Lunin has done himself uh, a service, by the way, by the his performances, apart from the game against Atleti, where he kind of made a mistake, I think it was in the cup. He, he has been pretty solid every game all around. And today, I, I kind of have to agree with what Ancelotti said, you know. Uh, this has been his best performance in the Real Madrid shirt. I've always felt that Lunen has been a good shot stopper. I always kind of like, I had this feeling that whenever he used to make saves, he kind of used to bundle them right back to the path of the opponent. But to, like, yeah. off late, he has kind of improved that. Uh, today, I felt like a couple of saves, he, uh, he kind of like tended to push them uh, in the opponent's path. But probably was the, the, the almost shot from outside the box yeah but all, apart from that as well you know there were some other instances as well where he kind of like let the ball go in uh dangerous instances probably could have done a better job catching them but you know the thing is like you can't really complain when a goalkeeper is making nine saves and you know keeping uh the opponent shut out so for me i think just irrespective of whatever went wrong uh what he did right was more important and I think especially aerially, you know, because dealing with a player like Chesco and then later on in the second half, they brought on Yusuf Paulson. So all of Paulson. these guys are like incredible in the air. So him uh, being dominant in the air, commanding a commanding presence, something that we have lacked since Kurtwa got injured, you know. So him doing that today. And I think there was an interview with uh, El Chiringuito where he was kind of asked, like, describe yourself. And he kind of said, I'm like, a, I'm a bit timid. So him being, uh, uh, you know, more, uh, let's say, taking charge of the situation and grabbing balls from the air. That kind of like uh, definitely helped Bramer it out and you know it reduced the pressure so when a keeper is doing that uh, the defender has to trust trust him and uh, you know trusting that when you trust your keeper you have the freedom to play your game uh, offensively so for me you know uh, Lunin was uh, immense he was like uh, majestic I, I don't know uh, you know you just have to think of adjectives that you can and you know give it to Lunin today 100%, 100%. 100%. go on Javier I mean, adding to that, I, I think we finally found um, a goalkeeper that we can trust through all this season, you know? I mean, like Mo said, the, the, the defense trusts him, Ancelotti trusts him, and every single fan is like, okay, finally we have a goalkeeper. No matter what happened, I, I hope um, 
no matter what happened, Lunin's gonna end the season as a starting goalkeeper, unless he's got injured or God knows. And also moving forward, I think uh, Real Madrid is gonna think as as a solid option, as a second goalkeeper, or even into the future after Courtois. I mean, I think Courtois is like ten years older than than Lunin. So we basically have to find how Courtois is. At, at, at what level is Courtois going back, you know? And for how long? So, if you guys remember, um, Lunin was almost out of Real Madrid at the end of last season, you know? I, I think he even asked uh, for a move. I mean, at this moment, they, he knew he's the starting man. After Courtois is, is back, he knows that he's the second option. But it's not, the, it's not at the same level, you know? He's now yeah, the second yeah. option, but a second option that, that you know you can trust. And that maybe um, influence him to, to stay, influence Real Madrid to renew him, offer a contract a little bit longer. And we don't have this uh, rush to, to find a second goalkeeper. I, I mean, I was trying to, to make a memory. I, I don't think... Uh, we have since Kaylor and Kiko Casilla two goalkeepers that we can trust. Because uh, Kaylor and and Curto was unsustainable. We knew from the day one, and after that was a, a rush of goalkeepers that okay, it's Courtois, but we didn't, you know, Ariola this here and there. We we didn't have a second goalkeeper. Now we have a second goalkeeper, and a good one. Hundred percent, Kiko Casilla. I'm, I'm not sure. Like maybe it's my memory being a bit hazy. I know he was dependable. I know he he's better than than you know some some of the you know the the guys like Kappa. But um, yeah, like Lunin being second choice would be a great fit. But again, it will be basically him deciding to yeah waste away um, a move away. You know, for Pasture's new way he can. Be, possibly get to his prime and you know build himself up but uh yeah it's, it's it's something that we'll have to you know keep our fingers crossed something that we have to keep our tabs on lonin has you know blown me away especially this season and uh yeah my heart feels for him like i said in, in the last post match as well when tibo comes back it'll be hard for me to root for him you know when i've been the lonin man for you know 90 percent of the season but, yeah, uh, man, if I can just say this, I, I kind of think, uh, you know, Javier brought up an interesting point about Lunin being, you know, being good enough to be Rammer's second keeper. But the thing is, like, you know, Lunin was, like, kind of out in the summer last year. We were kind of looking at, you know, uh, David Soria to come in and be the second. Mm. And I think his performances, while, you know, when you look at it, you, you're kind of happy about it. But then it kind of poses this question because last season when you when Lunin was being linked with an exit, he was being linked with teams like Celtic and everything. But right now, if he's being linked with an exit, it's going to be a team of, of European caliber, you know, a team that could prop, potentially challenge uh, in the knockouts, you know, probably around 16 quarters or something like that. So for me, I think it's going to be difficult for Real Madrid to kind of keep hold of him because, you know, is Lunin going to be satisfied being, with being the second keeper, you know, yeah. any longer? Yeah. So yeah. especially when Courtois comes back, I think uh, the thing is like a lot of us would agree, uh, you know, although, yeah, uh, we could argue about it. But then at the end of the day, most of us would agree that, you know, Courtois in prime form is like better than whatever Lunin has sh shown so far. So Courtois is going to be the starter and like Lunin has now had the taste of being a starting keeper. 
is he one going is he going to want to you know lose more years like you said so for me personally i think it's going to be an interesting conundrum because there's no way you're going to sign kepa and make him the second keeper because you know at the wages that he would cost at the transfer fee that he would command um, you don't really want to spend that much on your second keeper, especially when you have your first like, first keeper like Courtois. And Remeter have been blessed in the fact that you know Lunen has like kind of stayed in the wings and uh, waited for his chance. But I don't think he'll he'll do that anymore uh, come the summer. And after this summer, I think he only has a one year uh, deal left. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of form Courtois comes back in and what happens in the summer with Lunen. You know what kind of teams like uh, want a new keeper because from what I've seen, teams like Sevilla they they kind of don't have good keepers. So for me, it's going to be interesting. Mm. Yeah, we we gotta basically you know hope that uh, yeah the club basically has to you know go out and find. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Castilla situation. Like I haven't heard great things about uh, the Castilla keepers either. But let's see. Let's see. Um, Loden again, man. Like I would hope you know he he does what is best for his career cuz he he has some potential there but yeah jacob i think it's best to basically you know see what uh, doris has been cooking uh, for manscape Madridistas, uh, I'm back once again to remind you guys that we partnered up with Manscaped and uh, if you want to help and support this project and this little family of ours, uh, be sure to check out Manscaped and use code LBR20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So 2024 is in full swing, we're already a month in and if you had any new year's resolutions to look better, you know, feel better, uh, I have a company called Manscaped, they're trusted by more than 10 million men worldwide and if you want to take a positive step, you know, in a good direction this year, uh, start with yourself and Manscaped asked us to introduce you guys to the new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, Uh, it's a hair trimmer you know for your sensitive bits uh, it features skin safe technology you know to keep your sensitive bits safe it has an led bright it's waterproof you can use it in the shower you get two extra heads uh, blade heads to uh, go either full smooth or a normal blade head um, if you want to go all in you can get the whole package you get a nose trimmer you get crop preserver it's a ball deodorant uh, you get some aftershave and in the box you also get some boxers and a bag you know to keep all of those things in um, so yeah if you're interested go to uh, manscape.com use code lbr20 to get 20% off at checkout uh, and free shipping that's lbr20 to get 20% off uh, and free shipping at manscape.com and thank you guys uh, and back to the video am i back okay yeah big up doris you 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 heard the girl you heard the woman um get 20% off and free shipping with manscape man yeah especially uh their new beard hedger i think 2.0 which is one of the best trimmers out out in our universe at least but uh yeah man pick up landscape every single time um I, I think we should probably move on to some of the midfield um you know generals who basically yes they did carry out uh their their their, their you know did duties pretty well no, none of them really stood out probably maybe fede to an extent cruz yes it's it, it's a given you know 
apart from maybe a couple of passes here and there, he was he was pretty exceptional. Um, you know, helping us transition, um, helping us, you know, move up the pitch and under pressure. Uh, this guy, you know, he just keeps on delivering week in, week out. And uh, it's a shame that, you know, his 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 contract situation is is being uh, a topic of discussion come every single time that he is, you know, uh, in, in front of a mic. I just hope, you know, that is kind of out of the way sooner rather than later. But um, if anyone wants to say anything, you know, that we haven't already said about Cruz, you know, this this year more, um, if you want to, you know. No, I mean, something. for me, I don't really have anything to say about Cruz today because for me, the guy who stood out in the midfield has come up being up. But yeah, I'm going to let you guys talk about Cruz first. Mm. Okay, yeah, I'll say something on Cruz. Like uh, today, I know in the first half, he did uh, have a few misplaced passes. Didn't really yeah. uh, do too much in terms of controlling the play uh, because he didn't have a lot of space to pass it to. The only thing he could do was pass to Mendy or pass to Kamavinga, uh, like point yeah. passes. But uh, in the second half, he was like really crucial in defending and uh, actually keeping the clean sheet, which is what I wanted to highlight. Uh, and then some of the tackles that he did actually surprised me. I was like, fuck, how the fuck did uh, Cruz actually get there? And that just mm. reminds me, you know. What like, was that? No, what was that spat that uh, that happened involving him and Haidara towards the end? Remember, like I haven't seen Cruz that livid in a while. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm what sure cost it. Exchanged, uh, but yeah, it was because of the Brahim thing uh, when Brahim went down injured and they kept on playing. Oh, okay, okay, but, uh, was that that yeah? guy said yeah. something? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, no, no. He kind of got angry because they didn't stop playing. And you know, Brahim kind of went down and he was like, you know. I can't continue. So he mid down. He went down mid play, and they kind of like continued and took advantage of the situation. And Madrid were like, you know, they they relaxed and they were like thinking that Leipzig would stop, but they didn't. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Cruz, uh, guys can go ahead with Kamavinga, man. Yeah, I'll I'll you know let Mo take it away. Kamavinga. Yeah, I mean, uh, about the thing is, like, for, for me, Kamavinga was, like, pretty immense today because a lot of times when Madrid struggled to get the ball out, and I kind of felt like Fede was, like, okay, Fede was good. You know, you can really point out to Fede and say, oh, he had a bad game. But the thing is, like, usually Fede does a better job uh, covering for Carvajal. I kind of felt today that he, that wasn't there. And the ability to uh, dribble the ball and bring it out uh, out of the back, you know, that Fede always does, carrying it with pace. I didn't really see that today either. But then Kamavinga was doing, you know, Kamavinga things today. He kind of had a lot of uh, passes. If I remember correctly, let me just, uh, you know, double check the stats. And uh, I think he had like 68 passes with 93% passing accuracy. That's and not only crazy. to that, he he also had like two key passes and like all dribbles that he attempted were like successful. He even won uh, some aerial duels and you know most of his defensive work was pretty good as well. Seventy percent success rate. So I think I, I kind of felt like Kamavinga was everywhere. Um, I've always said that you know uh, I kind of find like Kamavinga is a little bit weaker in uh, making decisions in the final third. So that is the only area that I would fault him today as well because I think that is one area if he improves he's gonna be you know a much he had a shot towards the beginning right like if uh, if it had a little more conviction probably it might find Golachi in some some deep yeah man. but yeah uh, you know even uh, without the shooting thing uh, for me it's like you know the decisions that you make the, the balls you play into the into the box I think that is something that Kamavinga needs to improve on but overall yeah. you know uh, bringing the ball out of the bag running with it and everything that once Kamavinga wins the ball and he he has the ability to carry the ball so you saw Leipzig players you know uh, kind of following him so many times so that ability to draw falls is also very important in key moments so for me, uh, Kamavinga was probably the best midfielder that Ramadan had today on the field. Javier, 
Kamavinga, Cruz. Uh, I hope uh, the sound is better. I, my volume I is crazy. Honestly, I, I hear you guys like so high on volume. But the thing that I would like to say is that uh, I like what Pede and Kamavigna did the whole game. They interchanged like so many times. Positional. So like Mo said, when we know that Kamavinga is not as good as Fede, but he tried to move to the third court. And, and then Fede is like crazy machine. Like I think it was 92, 93 minutes, and he was pressing the goalkeeper. And we're winning the game. So yeah, Tony Cross have a, a a regular game. He's probably having the best season in a few years. So nothing to be worried about. I was worried about Kamavinga and the fact that he was, you know, like one yellow card away from missing mm. the next game. So yeah. I think it's gonna be problematic for because I I don't think I think they wash out if we move forward, but. For me, it's, it's it's a little thing to be concerned. I think the only player that have the, that condition is Kamavinga and Bellingham. I'm not worried about Bellingham because uh, he knows uh, better and he plays a, a different position. But for me, I, I will try to reserve Kamavinga after that because I, I think he was a player a play in the at the end of the first half or, or the beginning of the second half that for me was a clear uh, yellow card for Kamavinga. But since the referee didn't concede exactly the same uh, card prior to Leipzig, I think he was like, okay, I don't show uh, Leipzig the yellow card. I I, won't, I don't want to show the yellow card to Ramon. Mm. Yeah. Fair, fair. The yellow thing, yes, uh, I was kind of aware of, about it. But you know, while watching the game, it was completely in, in, in the back of my head. I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it. But uh, remind me again, guys, like, so only the final basically gets a clean slate for yellows. Like, does yellows carry over through to the semis as well? Do you know? They, they wash out after, like, they wipe the record clean after the quarterfinals. After the no, quarter? Sorry, out of the round of 16. So for quarterfinals, semifinals, and uh, finals, it's like one slate. Okay. 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 Fair, 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 fair. Right. Right. Um, let me get to a few of the comments as well. Jacob, if you can help me. TJ Kong was mentioning to us at the beginning, this was a very poor and hard-to-watch game. I understand that we were away from home, but this performance was terrible. Pick up TJ Kong. Um, Milan was saying Nacho is the reason he stepped too forward. Left space for Sesco and leaving Mendy alone. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, it happens. Um, TJ Kong was mentioning without Joe Mini, we would have been dead. Not going to lie. Yes. Um, Germany and Lonen, basically. Imagine if they both had, you know, subpar games. We would be looking at a 2-1, 3-1 loss. Easy. Easy. Um, right, Milan was saying we, he wants to play for Madrid too and we need a defender and has a 40 million release clause. Perfect signing. Who was he talking about? Sesco. Um, Sesco, oh, yeah. No, okay. he wants, we need a defender. So, is he talking about Orban? Not sure. Um... I'm not sure he, who he was talking about. Um, maybe Simakan too. Yeah. Maybe Simakan. Good job. Simakan is a really good player. Um, Rajiv was mentioning dull game. Um, also said, it'll be more fun to watch stale and burn popcorn being made than go watch that match. Um, yeah, pick up yourself, man. Rajat. Uh, 
some games, you know, really we have to basically, yeah, uh, control the situation rather than, you know, it can't be all, um, even like all of us watching and tuning in would prefer a game that's, you know, uh, a bit more, you know, feisty in our favor. But uh, pretty sure in the second half, it kind of got a bit more open, you know, end to end. You know, like the first half, we didn't really have an initiative. Um, big up Daryl, he was mentioning, would it be wise for Lunin to remain the first keeper even when Thibaut returns? I'm all for it. I'm of the similar, you know, thought process as well. Daryl, I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and the boys were like, you know, can you really, you know, turn your back on Thibaut? No, I can't ever, you know, especially after what he did, um, you know, a couple of years ago. But the form that Lunin has been in, we have to really... But I just see this, okay? This Man, is me. Forget about what he yeah. did a couple of years ago. Like, till even last season, Courtois was like, in most games, your best player. So, you know, yeah, the thing 100%. is, like, at Courtois' best, uh, okay, even at Courtois, like 80%, he's going to be better than both Lunin and Kepa. If you put Lunin and Kepa in the goal click together, mm. still Courtois is going to be better. So, yeah. that's the thing, man. You have a point, but the thing is, like, how how much time does he need to, you know, really be match fit? And you know, should we rush him? Should we get him into, you know, the uh, the pace uh, at, at which the football is being played towards, you know, the business end of the season coming fresh of how many months been out? So all that is is kind of making me think otherwise. But again, like I did mention this, I, I think once before when stopping yeah, we had this discussion before and I said like, you know, the thing is, uh, if you want to get him match fit, you're going to have to play him. And the thing is like, I wasn't games... talking about the match fit bit. I'm just talking about the fact that the very, the very sight of Thibaut being, you know, like let's say 70% fit, 70% match up waiting on the bench would basically make Lunin, you know, lose his composure. That's, that's, that's what I see. That, that's what, you know, uh, they, my, my, yeah. They expect Courtois to be fit mm. uh, as early as March. So uh, if Courtois have a few minutes here and there in La Liga, because we don't have any other tournament, then we can try. I mm. agree with you. We cannot try. You know, your first match cannot be a Champions League game. Even it won't be, but still, like, can you can you, you be really? Mm. I mean, no. I don't... If you play someone like I don't know, like I don't mean to be disrespectful anyone at La Liga, but if you play against I don't know, this <laughs> uh, Rayo Vallecano, Getafe, I don't know. I, I I would hate to be you know like a, a classical mm. even. You know, we have to give minutes to Courtois. No matter what happened, you know, no matter what happened with uh, Lunin, with us, with the season, we have to give minutes to Courtois. So the, the La Liga is the perfect setup because we are five points ahead of the second one. And I'm not saying that, oh, he started the, sec the, the first minute that he's available. I'm not saying that, but, but again, because the, the Champions League final, the, the hypothetical Champions League final, is until June. So we'll be three months after he's completely full recovered. Mm. So, mm. would you rather go to the Champions League final against City with a 70% Courtois or a, a thousand, a million percent uh, looning or even <laughs> There's only one answer in that case, you know. Uh, but Champions League final feels like a million, million miles away. I just hope, you know, we can, we can see that... Uh, 
of this year, but yeah, it's gonna be it's not gonna be easy. I I'm just gonna not say anything, <laughs> really. Um, just like I did, you know, last last year. If we play City, it'll be yeah. I don't know how about facing City, but honestly, I don't know if Kurta can play with Castilla. That could be a possibility. No, no, he can't. He can't. He can't play with Castilla. Um. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Brahim was mentioning in the post match tomorrow's a val- tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and I'm in love with Real Madrid. Yeah, because Brahim and feel so happy for him. Brahim I think we should probably move on. Guys, to... you know? That's what we should say. I think he has a pretty hot GF. I'm yeah, pretty sure. You know, why like are you saying seen... that? Yeah. Um. I mean, man, this it's 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 a catchphrase, man. Relax. <laughs> you know, this is this is this is PR. Like, why do you, you know basically deep you know deeping it uh, too much? But yeah. Ibrahim has been someone that, uh, like, I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and 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 be all, you know, airy about it. But um, I've I've been very keen on, you know, bringing Brian back in. You know, like I, I I could see, no matter what the circumstances. Yes, he had a few circumstances go in his favor with people being out, people still being out, in and out. Uh, he can basically, you know, step in, uh, step in, and you know, plug holes wherever needed, whether it be at center forward, whether it be you know down the right. Down the middle, he has always done the job. But the finish, the composure, the tenacity to beat—I could see the look on people's like you know Schlager's faces, um, trying to you know get this guy off. Brahim is what five foot eight, and he's coming up against these fucking juggernauts. They didn't stand a chance. I'm telling you, they didn't. They didn't stand a chance, man. Like even Chavi Simmons, the moment he he like if you go watch and back some of the replays. The moment Brahim puts his foot through the finish, you can see the look on Chavez Simmons' face. He he knew that the trajectory is too fine, too fine for you know even uh, a caliber of Peter Gulachi's gloves to you know handle. Um, yeah, super happy for him. I'll I'll come to you, Jacob. First, uh, yeah, bro, uh, Brahim Diaz. Yeah, I'll I'll just talk about the gold man. Like I just couldn't believe my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I had to like. Do a double take. Wait, that actually went in. Yeah, I was just plugging in my phone on charge. Okay, that this happened. I was like, oh my goodness! Like honestly, like I had the. I was just telling myself, yeah, just look to the screen. Something might happen, and then he pulls that off. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, the goal was insane. Uh, every all the commentators were saying it's a messy as goal, but yeah, mm, not a fan of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who? So, which, who was that commentator who used to say uh, "magisterial" for Isco? Forgot his name. Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson. Fucking best. I thought the same thing. I, I thought that there was a a, a messy ask goal myself. I I didn't think of that. So. I yeah, I like it. my brother, I kind of had a joke. You know, my brother used to play with. Uh, uh, FIFA, like you know, player career, and he he used to make a right winger score goals like that. So I had a quote for that always, you know, just like Messi, only better. So yeah, this goal was like just like Messi, you know, but just only better. Mm. Yeah, finish. It's sublime. But yeah, Mo and Javier, I'll come to you, Mo. Brian Diaz, probably man of the match. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, I, I wouldn't go off that. For me personally, I kind of disagree with the fact that Brian was man of the match. For me, man of the match was Lunin. So, uh, yeah, Brahim was pretty good at that goal. Brahim was good after that goal. But in the first half, you know, we were talking about, like, I, I kind of mentioned in the group chat, like, Jacob reference. For me, yeah. I kind of felt like when he was playing centrally, he struggled a lot, uh, mm. yeah, especially when it came to holding the ball and everything. And, yeah. you know, getting it out and combining with Vinicius on the left wing, I kind of think that he didn't really do that well on that end. 
But once Rodrigo came inside and started playing centrally, our attacking output kind of improved. And Brahim also improved because I think even in the uh, in the in the pre-match yesterday, we were talking about this. Like Brahim, uh, from what we've seen at Madrid, he's, he kind of like thrives playing in the left half space. You know, but when he's playing in those areas and going wide and coming inside, you know, beating players off the dribble, Brahim is like br- simply brilliant. And today, with that goal especially, you know, he kind of showed us like what what he brings to this team. We've seen him, you know, try this to do, try doing this before in La Liga. It didn't really come off, but today it came off, and you know, every all of us were kind of like wowed and you know, left our jaws on the floor. So for me, Brahim, although I wouldn't go so far to say as my other match, but he was incredible, and he, you know, most importantly, he gets us the goal that uh, takes us back to the Bernabeu with uh, with a goal uh, ahead of Leipzig, you know, and like uh, Javier said at the start, this is only the half time, so a lot of the game still has to be played. Not gonna lie, the fake turn to basically send Raum to you know the the third realm was 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 insane as well. Like he he just has this 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 pivot mechanism that he does. I've seen see it way way too many times to you know just uh, yeah disregard yeah. it as his go, ability to go. drop his shoulder and kind of like uh, evade you know yeah. the defender is like yeah. Yeah, incredible. And the fact that like it wasn't just one guy, he kind of like five or six people. He kind of you know he he evaded them and to uh, put that finish right into that corner that he did is like incredible you don't really see like most people being able to do that that the finish in the uh, on the way you know the finish that he brought to the goal i think it's incredibly rare to see but then i also want to point out that you know it was nacho who kind of took the initiative won the ball for us to yeah score the goal. Uh, i said that nacho nacho aggression. Yeah. Nacho aggression also, basically. yeah nacho also deserves credit for that yeah, basically a pre-assist. You know, if you, if you were a cool, uh, you know, you would you'd be very keen on you know pinning that on Nacho. But um, have yeah, Brahim Diaz, you have been here on post matches where you know we just have been before, fortunate. Before Javier goes, like I just want to say something that I kind of found funny because like as soon as uh, Brahim scored that goal, I think a Barcelona suburb, everybody was saying, "Is this guy juiced up or something?" You know, so it was kind of funny. Even they were like they, even themselves, you know, in their state that they can't really give credit to Madrid players. They had yeah. to you know, take their hats off and say, "Yeah, man, that was a finish." Everybody was 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 uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure blown away by 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 his 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 finish, man. Like uh, I've seen him finishing the, this well, but sometimes I I I think like when Brahim basically is you know being pressed or being you know surrounded by by you know like at least like four or five defenders you know marking him he just struggles to basically you know do the simple thing right like probably try something outrageous but yeah he just went for the juggler with this one and yeah nailed it man nailed it um but yeah have you brian diaz uh, i was gonna say that you know you have been here fortunately for all of us on on post matches where you know brahim has had a stellar showing how happy are you are you for brian diaz yeah, very happy. First of all, I have to double check his height because I, I, I think I was a little bit taller, but I'm not. So, bad for me. Good for Brahim. Uh, you, you, you're, you're shorter than Brahim Diaz. Get out. Yeah, no, no chance. Yeah, no man. chance. No chance. In terms of, you know, the Imperial units, I might be like five, seven or so. If, if he's how, how tall is Brahim Diaz, by the way? One seventy centimeters. I'm taller than him by three centimeters only, but uh, yeah, ah. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm 170, so you're not that much taller. Okay, so, okay, but yeah, still three centimeters counts, bro. Anyway, 
Yeah, yeah. Jokes, joke aside, I, I think what Mo is saying, like, uh, his dribbling ability is impressive, you know, like, once again, you may see your East Coast, but then his short screen is, is, is very good. I mean, the only thing that uh, for me is lacking O'Brien is, and I think he's not going to, ever going to be a super in that regard, is, you know, is your top speed, you know? Mm, he's not mm. Dini, he's never, never going to be Dini, he's not going to be Fede, he's not going to be, you know, like, in that it, it that allows the the defenders to cover him, but yeah. once again he, he has the ability to dribble, the ability to 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 move for spaces. I mean mm. the the Bini play that almost ended up in the goal was you know a progression for Brahim move pass to to Bini and and he had like two or three of those you know like a, a, a short communication error with Camavinga with uh, even Rodrigo. So he favors this this mobility with the with the midfield players. I mean, today he had to play as a as a striker. I don't see him as a striker at four nine at best. But I mean, Brahim as a midfielder is gonna be is gonna be great for us. And I think he can play with uh, even more beneficial than uh, Rodrigo or Vini playing with a number nine. So. The few instances that I watch, you know, Brahim plus Roselu, I think both exceed uh, more than when we are playing uh, without the other one. That's a, that's a very good point. Brahim, really, like, you know, we, we all know that, you know, he is not blessed with, you know, like immense space, but by 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 just being, you know, super inventive and, and you know extremely nifty uh, on the feet basically helps his case out a lot like the way he can um find spaces where there is none and basically you know just just yeah man uh send 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 people um into into you know people pe send people to the shops basically with one single turn on the dime you know i i think that that really basically negates his, his pace factor but you know we, like people like oblack would you know disagree you know the way he you know basically took him apart um you know in in, in saudi the supercopa espania as well but brahim like i was always of you know the notion that uh come march april you know potentially may as well in big games he is gonna help us out whether it be you know being on the starting eleven or from the bench, and uh, thankfully, not non. I'm not thanking the fact that you know we had you know, a few injuries that basically you know forced Carlos' hand to you know trust guys like Brahim more. But I'm just incredibly grateful that you know Brahim is finally getting his flaws and, and you know finally getting to showcase what sort of a you know an immense talent he he was you know initially you know poised to be. But uh, yeah, uh, there's. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's plenty more to come, you know. So um, isn't it? Yeah. I, I know that I wasn't here for the, uh, like you said, the first game that Brahim exceed, but if you remember, I, I would say the same comment as Lumin. From mm. the first, I don't know, 10 to 15 games of the season, I think the only player that hadn't, that was available and had a, had a single minute was Brahim. So if he didn't turn this season around, he would be in the way out. Yeah, 100%. Like yeah. Crazy. And now I think Carlo is like, okay, forget about Kubo, forget about any other winger. I'm I'm good with Raheem. If you bring me Mbappe, if you bring me, you know, Hendrik, 
we're covering the attack in, for the next years. So Raheem should be happy, you know. At the moment, he's not a starting man, but he can easily win over Rodrigo if Rodrigo doesn't turn around from the next game. Um, and I think in the, in the long run, it's going to be Rodrigo, uh, you know, your genius, your dude, your, your name. But Brahim can perfectly make a career out of Real Madrid, even more than Asensio did a few years ago, or, you know, like so many names that has this rotational position, but it's not going to be, you know, like, oh, less than uh, 500 minutes per season. It's going to be like 1,000 to 1,002. Uh, 200 minutes per season at least yeah you have a very well point and uh yeah credit wells to you like he he really has stepped up because nobody was really giving him a prayer you know prior to the season people were thinking yeah he's gonna just come in probably help us out here and there but he'll be on his way uh next year but i'm pretty sure like yes things can things can happen in the transfer market that we really can't you know anticipate beforehand but um as of now, I'm pretty sure no Madridista is gonna really, you know, vouch for Brahim to be, you know, loaned or sold or any um any of that stuff, right? So yeah, big up Brahim again. Um let me read a few of the comments. Jacob, uh, if you can help me out. Um Marcus Winningham was mentioning, Wow, we are so lucky to have Lunin as a second choice. He's world class. Rajas was mentioning Lau Lunin, he is a great goalkeeper and young as well. Um, Daryl was saying, I mentioned uh, that because Lorin has a good momentum going. Only for this season, though, uh, Thibaut might take time to get back to his best. Yeah. Big up Farouk is mentioning, love this shave um, uh, at Javier.manscaped in action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's basically embracing the, the whole uh, partnership. Use, uh, use your code, guys. Use your code. It works. <laughs> there, 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 there's a there's a you know real real uh you know um adult sized yeah ad going on you know with with javier but go on mo you wanted to say something no no, no. i was just since um, i'm on we need to on. keep the podcast we yes people get angry yeah 100 percent um but since i'm with you more talk to us about uh rodrigo um Again, he tried, uh, had a few pot shots. Some of his attempts was that tackle by Orban. Oh my goodness! Like I, I, I was all almost up from my, you know, chair. Uh, you know, waiting to celebrate. Was it Shlaga or yeah, Orban? I think it was Shlaga. For me, kind of felt like it was Orban. I'm not sure if it was Shlaga. Okay, but either way, the the tackle yeah. basically took the man out and it completely neutralized. Because I was initially claiming for a pen, but then I. Saw the replay it was yeah it was it was pretty incredible. Well, you have to be like incredibly a big homer to think that that was a penalty. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> I had to watch for you know my boy Rodrigo. Go uh, but yeah, man. I, I, uh, just first to talk about the thing, uh, it, it was a Schlager or uh, Orban for me. It felt like it was Orban, but uh, my commentator also mentioned that uh, it was Schlager. But I don't know. You know, we'll have to double check and find out who it was. But overall, for me, Rodrigo, I think he, he's catching a lot of flag on the internet as well because a lot of people seem to be criticizing him. But I think mm-hmm. like I, I said the same thing when we first talked about him. In I, it was after I think we drew in Atleti. We were talking about it, and everybody was somebody was like in the comments. They were saying that. Rodrigo, you know, we are, we are being too harsh on him. And I said, uh, 
Dasariba wasn't he asking for him to be sold? Oh, oh okay. You you are talking about someone who is favoring him, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just yes. Okay. My bad. Somebody My bad. said that uh, we were being too harsh on him. You know, he was a good player. Okay. And that match, I said, you know, we are always going to look at performances through the uh, you know through the microscope of the result that we had on the day and today, kind of remembered yeah. one. So. For me, the thing is, like, Rodrigo, you know, you saw how di- different Real Madrid is when Rodrigo, you know, whatever position he plays. When he was yeah. playing out wide, Real Madrid had, like, the potential to bring balls from that wing. And, you yeah. know, he kind of gives you something in defense that Brahim does not. When Brahim was playing on the right, I think there's a reason why Ancelotti did not start with Brahim on the right, irrespective of the fact that, you know, Brahim is good uh, on the right better than he is centrally. It's because Brahim doesn't give you the same work rate uh, in defense that Rodrigo does. So, for me, the thing is, like, Later on, Rodrigo had to be shifted to the center, and he kind of drifted out to, towards the left. And then you saw Rodrigo's qualities in those areas. So for me, the thing is like, just because a player hasn't scored a goal doesn't really mean he's kind of bad. For me, yeah. I, I was pretty happy by the work he did. You know, bringing the ball out, combining with Vinicius, and creating a, the few opportunities that we did create today. So overall, but the thing is like, if if probably we had drawn this game, or you know, if we had lost this game, Rodrigo might be you know but i might be getting singled out for missing that chance that you know that orban or Schlager, whoever made that wonderful tackle so for me overall i'm kind of uh, i wouldn't say that he had a brilliant game but i wouldn't also say that he was you know a trash or you know he had a poor game for me it was decent but you know be, being given what we have seen from rodrigo before uh, we can't expect better from him and the thing is like rodrigo always has that ability to deliver in key moments so you know uh, for me angelotti is going to keep trusting him and i think that's the right way to go Mm. Apart from maybe a couple of chances, including that one, and probably a header that that uh, he couldn't make uh, contact with from from Vinny, I don't think Rodrigo really had you know much uh, much of you know much of goal mode action. Like I really want him to be in positions where he can, like I be like I can argue that he might be one of our best that, finishers, right? Like, the thing is, like uh, you have to keep this in mind because, like, what kind of a role is Rodrigo playing? This team, yeah. when uh, today, especially when he was playing, it was more about getting Vinny in the position to score a goal, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. about getting Rodrigo in a position to score a goal. Rodrigo is somebody who's combining and creating the position. So, I mean, the thing is, like, you can't really expect a player who's combining outside and you know opening up spaces and uh, combining with others to create a goal-scoring opportunity to somehow also be able to reach in that position at the same time. So I kind of understand. Uh, I kind of understand why he isn't getting into good goal scoring opportunities of late. But yeah, I mean, uh, come key moments, I- I'm pretty sure Rodrigo will deliver. He's gonna deliver. Like I'm, I'm never doubting his credentials. I have never doubted it. You know, ever. You know, um, even through his worst phases towards the you know beginning of the season. But I just really want him to be like basically, basically the responsibility for finishing chances should be a bit more even. Like, I get it why Vinny is basically um, let off the leash and, you know, just, you know, um, stay forward. and you know. Uh, Do you remember at the start of the season when Rodrigo was tasked with uh, taking the most shots on the team? Like, whenever he gets a chance, even if it's not the most ideal situation, he was asked to take a shot and that didn't really work out well. Uh, So, I know that technically uh, he has some really good finishing boots. But uh, mm-hmm. when it comes in front of the goal, sometimes I feel like he loses his composure and takes the wrong decision. So maybe he's not the most lethal finisher that we have. Maybe it's just Vini. Even though technically, he is probably better. Hard disagree, but uh, <laughs> I really, really want you know Rodrigo to have a bit more um, 
for me, the thing about that, the Shit, point that but... Jacob made is like, you know, at the start of the season, I kind of felt like Rodrigo was like feeling a little bit of pressure with Vinny not being Pressure, there. that's why he was trying too hard. That's what I felt. Mm. Yeah, and I, I kind of understand like, uh, you know, he was going through a bad patch for me. For that period mm. of time, it was kind of bad. And, you know, there was a point in time where even I had to hold my hand up and say Rodrigo could probably do better. But like right now, the form he, like, like the games he's playing, I kind of, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, Rodrigo is being bad or something. It's just because, you know, the way the game plan is. And you kind of have a point where you say you want Rodrigo to get be more into positions where he can convert chances. But the thing is, like, that lies, that decision lies with Ancelotti, not with Rodrigo. So, you know, yeah. he probably has to change the plan. So, Rodrigo can't really do that. And Francesco. you kind of have to be, you have to be happy that, you know, Rodrigo is sticking with what Ancelotti is asking him to do. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would say, you Go. know, like... In that regard, I think like Rodrigo is it's, it's a little bit like Benzema, you know, in terms of he had more talent than in Cristiano to finish, but Vin is like Cristiano, you know, if he had 10 chances, she's going to try 10. And no matter if, if he misses 10, the next game he's going to try 11. But mm. Rodrigo and Benzema need that confidence that a goal provides. So uh, Rodrigo is not going to try 10 out of 10. Even mm. if we knew that he had the potential to score 10 out of 10, you know? Okay. So okay. Interesting. Interesting comparison. I get what mm. you say. And, and I get what Vileko is trying to say. Like, I, we all know that Rodrigo has a clinical vision, finishing and potential, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of mindset, you know? And like, like Mo said, he struggles mid season, you know? Like, I, I think he's, he had like 10 games without scoring a goal and even. Play. Yeah. Yeah. That that is had a very dry spell. A drought that long for Rodrigo is, is gonna be uh, killing him. For yeah. him, he's not gonna add a single second of more pressure. You know, mm, mm. that's that's the difference in terms of personality, in terms of quality, in terms of you know talent. It's only yeah. uh, the the fact that, that that guy is like that, you know, and the other guy yeah. is like crazy competitive animal. You have a point. I'm not gonna lie. You have a point, Javier. Um, interesting, you know, comparison between you know Rodrigo and Benzema and Benny and Cristiano. Like, I'm not sure if you know Mo and Jacob wants to chip in on that, but uh, it is it is it is, it is a very fun way to look at it. But yeah, Rodrigo, I really really expect him to you know uh, put away or you know get into more you know goal scoring positions, but. Um, I guess you know Mo has a point as well, where Carlo basically relies on his on his athleticism, on his you know work rate to basically you know get us to that place, uh, um, you know more. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about Vinicius. Was uh, was on and off. Like I wasn't too keen on his you know first half antics, like I was with majority majority of our side. But in the second half, especially, he he stepped up. Um, that that shot that uh, you know rifled the post as well. Um, pretty pretty you know uh, deep composure from him. Jacob Vinicius Junior. Um, yeah. Uh, so on the first half from Vinicius, man, like I think we had maybe three half chances that we got maybe could yeah. have scored. All three of them were created mm. by Vinny. So in the first mm. half, for me, best attacker. Uh, second half, obviously, he was uh, the best attacker here. Uh, Oh, along with Ibrahim Diaz, uh, I mean, he could have actually scored as well. 
So uh, yeah. for me, like the antics, it's not too much of an issue when he's actually performing. And tonight he did perform, mm. even when the whole team wasn't doing well. He was trying to create something for, on his own, and it some some parts of it actually worked out. So super happy for him. Took four five man on. Yeah, you know, time and time again, never shied away from, uh, you know, from that. Yeah, that that that's Winnie, man. When Winnie's in the zone, you know, that that's 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 what you get. That's what we want to see. Um. Yeah, the the stuff with uh, him riling up the away fans, I didn't like it. You know, I mentioned it to the boys. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna get on a rant about it. But uh, I just want to clarify yeah. that we were the away team today. So, I mean, sorry, the the home home fans, my bad. The home fans, you know, when the corner was being taken and some people were throwing, I don't know, some shit uh, onto the pitch. But uh, yeah, Vinicius, when he's on it, man, he he's a delight to watch. And uh, yeah, go for him more, Vinicius Junior. The one negative that I would like to think about is the fact that uh, when he got his chance, he kind of like tried to, I don't know what he was doing. He tried to be too cute with it, you know, yeah, and we like that. We have kind of talked about it. this before and we kind of said this before, like, you know, whenever he gets a chance, he's kind but of. But if he executes that, if that doesn't, that's, that's a filthy finish. Yeah, so, so that's the point, right? You know, he's always trying to go for the spectacular. And I kind of said this about Rodrigo as well. Sometimes these guys like try to complicate things instead of being efficient. And I think being efficient is more important than being spectacular in certain situations. For today, you know, if, if he went back to Bernabeu with, uh, with a two goal lead instead of one goal lead, you know, we would have a completely different outlook to, on the second tie. And I think that's the difference where uh, Javier was making interesting uh, comparison between Cristiano and Vinicius. I think that's the difference between both of them. Cristiano was more about efficiency and, you know, getting the goal and then celebrating. And Vinicius is kind of like more like he has that Brazilian in him, you know, always yeah. going for the spectacular and doing something with flair. So that was the only negative for me. And But then I completely agree with what Jacob said, you know. In the first half, Vinicius was our most uh, dangerous player. In the second half, Vinicius was our most dangerous player. Everything that good that Ramirez do comes from the end of Vinicius. And he's, like, incredibly creative. In, you know, he's a good goal scorer. Like, he's changed himself. He's grown himself into a good goal scorer. But even then, you know, his creativity and his ability to create havoc in the opposition box is, like, second to none for me, especially in this Ramirez team. So overall, I'm pretty satisfied with Vinny does. And, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, doubt him for whatever happened in the second half with the corner situation because, like, players do that to, you know, delay the game and everything. That's just a part of gamesmanship. So, you know, you just take it and you move on. Uh, Javier, if you, if you need to add anything about Vinny, now is your chance. Yeah, just to point that out that we came after the probably the best game of Vinny in the whole season. I'm I'm not sure if the game against Granada was better than Clásico when he scores a hat trick. In terms of you know being the best player on the pitch, I, I think against Granada. Was Girona. Better. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, uh, Girona. Instead of you know like uh, the game against in Clásico, I mean a hat trick in Mexico is is brilliant, but the game against Girona was special as well. And I, the only thing that I, I would comment on Vinny's game today is the fact that I, I think he is uh, in the in the the pass to Rodrigo. I think he's mm. slightly uh, selfless. I think he should uh, try to, to to score that goal. You know, mm. Mm. Rodrigo was uh, I don't know five six meters away, so they have the chance. The defender has the chance, but he was right in front of the goalkeeper. And he was the confidence. So. That's the only, you know, like if I had to nitpick something about Vinny today, it, it was like that. Only that. 
that that cutback was was pretty decent but, but i get you, your point as well like but that that's what that's what yeah. man, man like them man like uh, you know vinicius and rodrigo they would if they see someone who is you know in a better position they would always uh, that's that's why we need selfish you know goal they hungry they look for each other more than yeah. anyone you know yeah. those two yeah. look for each other it's it's a very good thing but yeah sometimes you know you, you just expect them to be a bit more uh, lethal but yeah go on mo yeah no, i kind of had like uh, the the complete opposite of what Javier was thinking about that pass. I kind of felt like when he delayed that pass, if he had made that pass a little bit quicker, probably Rodrigo would have been in a better position to score. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's just like everybody has a different opinion on the same place. So that's kind of the beauty of what we do. There you go. Um, substitutes. Um, Hosselu had a shot. Um, you know that that it was a it was a bit of a difficult chance, but uh, yeah, he he tried to be a nuisance. Um, who else? Who else should be? Uh, Lucas Vasquez, you know, had to had to plug the gap when Brahim went off. Um, only, only two subs, right? And they came at the eighty fifth minute. Why was it so late? I didn't get it. Was it just to keep the momentum going from Carlo? What do you yeah. guys think? Yeah, does anybody like, have an opinion? I, I don't know, man. Like it was very strange to me. I also asked in the group, like, why the fuck does Carlos just did Carlos just forget that he had substitutes? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it was around the 80th minute that uh, Leipzig made like three substitute changes, and then we absolutely needed some uh, fresh legs. I felt personally, so right. uh, luckily, right. like that, Brahim uh, knock came out. And then Ancelotti just made those uh, substitutes. And I feel luckily, like... luckily, Brahim knock. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, but... say Jacob had like uh, an entirely different concept of luck from you know, compared to us. Jacob basically shot the bed with that, but uh, we, move, we move on. Uh, you know, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. But, Are you uh, sure I didn't mean that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What agenda do you have, man? I, I mean, knowing Jacob, I wouldn't be so sure. Did a Moroccan chick uh, do something bad to you? But uh, yeah, Brahim, Brahim's injury situation basically paved way for him to wake up, right? Like he should have been a bit more proactive. Um, it could have backfired, especially you know, like people were people were basically huffing and puffing towards the end because you know we had to work, we had to work for that for that one nil. Um, but yeah, man, who else are we missing? Carlo on the night, uh, I think you know he kind of. Basically, got his setup right in the second half. You know, the team came up uh, with a lot more um, energy, a lot more bite to them. You know, from from the get go, they were looking to be, uh, yeah, looking to punish Leipzig. You know, that that basically that goal basically sealed their fate. Um, you know, in my opinion, even though they scored chances, they just knew. You know, they couldn't. You know, hang around and you know uh, hope for the best. After that, they had to come out. They had to. You know, um, go for the juggler, and yeah, that 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 that's what kind of you know left this game in the balance. But in the return leg, um, you know, if Jordan's gonna be back, right? Like that that's that's the thing. So if Jordan's back, like yeah, it it should be a pretty even without Jude, we should be beating them. But Jude being back really gives me a lot of confidence. But I mean, I I'll, I'll be honest, man. See, this is where Carlo is is basically hung out to dry. Um, 
we can't fault him for his tactics the way he has managed and you know kind of salvaged our season but you could see all throughout the first half right especially the first half because it was so glaring to me I, i'm like looking at the players right like they are just playing like they have a focal point somewhere everybody is just hoping deep inside when they get pressed or get into a tight spot oh i wish there was someone to cross to or i wish someone you know could pull this man away from me that's that's going to be a conundrum that's going to be a big big issue we face against elite teams we are going to face against elite sides you know come uh, you know even, even even the quarters even like imagine we get even someone like psg how the fuck are we going to navigate and score goals with the current setup i don't see it happening so the champions league is is, is a far far away dream for me um you know if if that wouldn't be the case if at least you know a benzema half with benzema was you know on our side a declining benzema who is in you know even in the pause of last season i would still have a bit more chest about it like any of you would right like but with this current setup like i don't see us really doing anything man like i was livid in the group chat as well but uh, yeah like if the boys want to you know say anything regarding i just had to you know get that out of my chest apologies but more um do you do you share the same feelings i'm pretty sure you do it solely so i mean uh, we, we we definitely did talk about the formation and how we would face you know uh, fa- yeah. how we would fare when we go back in like into a business and another champions league before but mm-hmm. for me the thing is like uh, having seen performance against girona and even atleti before that you know without playing without center backs i'm kind of like a little bit more confident going to the, the business another season for me you kind of do have a valid point about like the first half and mm-hmm. how poor we were but you also kind of have to keep in mind the fact that when the draw was made I said Leipzig is the worst possible draw for us. So for me Leipzig yeah, yeah. and Atleti are two teams that I I kind of dislike when this Romerid is going to go against them because they have the mm-hmm. perfect tools to beat us. But when it comes, you know, Leipzig with their intensity and their transition game and Atleti with their ability to stretch out defenses and put balls into the box, I think those are the things that doesn't really work for Romerid. For me the only team that I kind of see this Romerid having a problem with apart from Leipzig and Atleti is City because you know obviously reason City are well drilled squad and you know they have brilliant players as well. But apart from that, I kind of find CR chances like most of the teams because, you know, this team uh, has dynamism uh, that this formation has shown us already. This team has the ability to cope with, uh, you know, adversity because uh, over the past few games, we've been playing without centre-backs and everything. But we still have managed to figure out a way. And it, it kind of has variety because, you know, we ha- you have the pace of Vinicius and Rodrigo. You have the trickery of Brahim. You have the ability to make deep runs from uh, Jude Bellingham and everything. So for me, it's it's a decent squad. Like, I do get where your worries do come from. And I have shared some of them, especially in the, at the start of the season. But overall, I'm like, I, I am kind of more positive than I was at the start of the season about this team. So I am hoping we do well. But, you know, you always have to add the caveat that, you know, like there are a couple of teams that I don't like going again this Madrid and you know I've already mentioned them City Atleti and uh Leipzig currently yeah uh, just to add on well, top of uh, what more said for me like in addition to all of the tactics and whatnot that uh um, Ancelotti has managed to achieve it's also up to the players also right uh we as Real Madrid fans we're used to seeing just individual performances getting us out of these uh hard hard uh, UCL nights and I feel like the whole team, uh, they're all contributing. They're all at the top of their game. Jose Lu, Brahim, Rodrigo, Vini, all of these guys are scoring regularly. And I feel like that is going to really help us um, more than even the tactics just when you're facing those top teams. 
spark of individual mm-hmm. brilliance like age old metro right like that's 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 how we roll go on Javier go on i will have to disagree with all of you guys i mean <laughs> i'm not trying to be the optimistic um, well I, well i am but i'm not trying to for the sake of a conversation i really need to say this this part of the season with all the players that are out with all that we said we're seven out of seven in champions league you know we're perfect in champions league you know um plus we have we came from the best in a team game in in, a, in the season once again against the Girona, i think is the best uh, 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 match for the squad so i think in this part of the season the next games i i, I expect and i anticipate you guys game against rayo is going to be as this boring because the players are in this uh, you know like uh risk risk and and individual and you know like they manage everything you know they're not gonna do their hundred percent if they don't need to they know that they have the potential you know so today being is like okay at 60 percent i'm i'm gonna be better than like it it's gonna be boring for sure mm-hmm. but i have to, to to you know to understand my body to to risk to to, to know how to it's not the risk that the word that I'm trying to say, I don't know, but to manage the, yeah. the, the this part of the season, you know, back to back games. Once again, we didn't play for, uh, I think three or four weeks, uh, midweek. So once again, you have to, that's why Brahim get injured today because we played on Saturday, we play today and we're going to play again on Sunday and we're going to play again, you know, like this crazy games is going to be like, back to back to back and they have to to understand that they have to do the minimum to win the yeah. game it's mm. a risk game it's a very risk game don't get me wrong mm. but mm. we don't have the pieces to play full percent everyone because we're gonna get injured we're gonna get booker and in the next game so basically you are saying that we'll have to play with our hand breaks on and you know get results not a hand break you know like Mm. uh doing the the minimum to, to the bare the minimum to basically get the result mm. yeah right like, today was 70 percent maybe against Ryu is 75 maybe mm. against you know your barca is 80 percent against lightning mm. at the bernabeu is going to be i don't know 72 percent yeah it's going to be difficult it's going to be you know you know they 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 have to 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 touch their money and and again it's 100 and they knew that if today was against City, we want to watch a completely different game. And they, they know they can, and we know they can. So mm. I'm not worried about that because, like I said, it's not like we are Barca, we are like, you know, uh, other teams that for somehow they don't, we don't have any observation of what 100% of that team could do, and we mm. knew. Mm. So I'm not worried. Some great points, not gonna lie. Mo, you had something to say? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I was just kind of like, uh, you know, I was kind of like talking about the handbrakes thing, but yeah, I can't do uh, agree with uh, Javier, what Javier is saying, you know? Uh, the thing is like, Champions League is a, uh, is a tournament of moments and in key moments you have to step up and perform. So it kind of is understandable, but then there's also this point, you know, the thing is like, when you talk about teams like Leipzig and Atleti, and, uh, you know, obviously City, the, they, they have a style that Real Madrid traditionally do have some trouble 
facing. Mm. So for me, overall, I'm not too worried about what's going to happen in the future. Like, you know, we were talking about the broader aspect of where we expect to see ourselves, you know, how far do we expect to see ourselves going to the Champions League and how far we kind of expect to see ourselves in the league. For me, in the Champions League, I think as long as we kind of avoid Atleti and City, I, we, we have the ability to reach the final. But like, yeah, in the league, I kind of, you know, the, Javier makes a good point about this fact that the team manages uh, its game to the level of the opposition. That's that's part, partly reason why we don't really see every, the, every team being put to the squad like 6-0, 7-0, you know, because yeah. the primary team, when they play at their best, they have the ability. But I think this way that we play has definitely kind of hurt us in winning leagues previously. Because, you know, we kind of like, when it comes to playing against a game, game against, you know, Rayo at the Vallecas, we kind of like uh, put our performances down. And they have, when the opponent is playing like 100%, 110%, 150%, because, you know, teams teams like these, they always have this uh, tendency to go full on, full throttle against Madrid, because beating Madrid is like, they're uh, like, you know, it, it's a trophy in itself, to be honest. So I think that is kind of like, we drop points in key moments and it kind of does end up hurting us in the league so i think we, we have to be a little bit careful about that in the league this season although we have like a five-point gap but you know it's just a five-point gap it's less than two games so you remember it hopefully have to be careful but then when it comes to the champions league i think we have enough, enough experience to you know manage our games and uh, perform in key moments to you know get further in the tournament i completely agree um you know um Another thing that I would like to add, you know, when so many people in, in, in the DMs, when they sent me shit like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, your podcast is basically, you know, my escape from all the toxicity on Reddit and Twitter, I'll be like, um, you know, not our toxicity, but then, you know, they go on to further, um, you know, say that basically, you know, you, you guys make me feel a bit more comfortable, you know, you guys are a bit more optimistic. And then I'm like, uh, you know, it won't be me for sure. You know, I, I, like you, you're not talking about Sunet, are you? Because I'm not easily, um, you know, um, someone that that's optimistic from the get go. But yeah, like guys like Mo, guys like, you know, Javier, who, you know, really see the, the bright side, like pick up yourselves, like, you know, like I really hope to be in that zone as well. Probably if Farouk was here to balance out my, my, you know, uh, central character, it would be, you know, a bit different. But since he's not here, I, I, you know, get, uh, you know, I tend to get, you know, pulled into thinking what I did think, you know, during the first half. Um, but yeah, the, the story continues. There is a lot more of the script to be written and I hope, you know, we, we, we can do the job, but yeah, just, just going by my very small experience, you know, it's just a matter of 10, 15, 16 years of watching football day in, day out and following our club, you know, um, coming up against, you know, the big sides will, will be, will be a nightmare for me to sit through at least for my heart, you know, um, but I'm always like that, regardless of the situation. Like even if we had the BVC, you know, I would be still, you know, uh, worrying before the game. But yeah, um, big up Alejandro, man. He was mentioning, uh, he was saying, "Hala Madrid, um, Grande Javier, Grande Jacob, Grande Mo, Grande Sinead. Um Big up yourself, Alejandro. Um, Jacob posted uh, in, in the chat. Uh, Real Madrid have conceded zero goals. I repeat, zero goals. For Orly and show many at centre back. Four nil win against um, Osasuna. A one nil win against Alaves. A one nil against Mallorca. Four nil win against Girona. One nil win against Leipzig. That doesn't look too shabby, does it? Right. Um, 
hopefully that that bodes well for for what's to come you know at least until uh, Militao and, and Koa back uh, Rudiger as well but yeah big up every single one of you in the chat you guys know the drill um if you're new here don't forget to smash the like and subscribe to the channel we are on the road to 2k and boys humble request again uh if you haven't checked out our partners manscaped go check them out they have a brilliant catalog of stuff for both women and men mainly men because they are um you know pioneers in below the waist grooming but they also have a lot of you know um a lot of other stuff like you know the beer hedget 2.0 which is the state of art uh state of the art neutroma they have on their line um their lingerie deodorants beard waxes all of that so go check them out valentine's day is tomorrow perfect excuse to you know show some love to your loved ones man and uh yeah use the code lbr20 i repeat lbr20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping on manscape.com Big up Manscaped again and go check out our partners on Instagram. OGs, Real Middle Committee. They run a brilliant Instagram fan page. The link is in the description below. Big up Justin as well, our uh, guest from the preview. You know, hopefully he, he's going to join us for the return fixture as well. Uh, brilliant man. He had to basically wake up at 4 a.m., you know, in Australia to do this. So, yeah, big him up every single time. And uh, yeah, man big up all of you for sending us feedbacks whether it be you know uh, good or bad uh all all day you know every every day of the week uh you know it, it just uh is truly humbling to you know to hear back um from you guys and you know how much it uh kind of you know makes uh how much we you know how much how much of a part we are basically of, of your day-to-day lives and whatnot and uh yeah if you haven't followed us on especially you know audio platforms spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, you know like uh yeah go smash the follow button i think we are over one point uh 1.1 k over at spotify so yeah do the same boys it really helps the algorithm as well um do check out our content from method as well said and this team works very hard around the clock to get you content from you know outside the stadium basically you know before games after games all of that he'll be here uh, he'll be also covering uh, the Viacus fixture um next weekend against um Raya Viacano as well so that's going to be a banger matter derby uh, pretty hostile he was telling me it's, it's you know thankfully it's it's an early kickoff cuz you know he was telling me you know at the very beginning of the season as well you know uh, late nights at the wire cuz he's not going to take the risk of you know going going over there and you know basically doing interviews cuz you know like he has told me a lot of stories about uh, you know the neighborhood and you know how it's super hostile especially you know towards you know madridistas but uh, yeah fingers crossed uh, we get another win hopefully and we keep this momentum ticking over, man. Uh, business end of the season. We prayed for times like these. You know, it's finally here. You know, um, a quick sprint of two, two to three months, and we can probably look at this team, a very young team, albeit in, in transition, etching their name into you know history books. But yeah, thank you, boys, Jacob, Javier, and more for joining me. And uh, yeah, pick up every single one of you in the chat. Until next time, people. Allah Madrid. Hola Madrid. Hola Madrid. Mm-hmm.